Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the latest Outsports podcast. It is the 10th of November and uh, Sid and I are both in Los Angeles where it is ungodly hot. It's like in the 90s. And uh, Sid, we were at a conference at USC yesterday on uh, LGBT people in sports and saw our good friend Christina Carl from ESPN. Uh, dot com, and she insisted we sit outside after the conference because she wanted to feel some of the heat. And you and I were both like, "Uh, this is this is miserable." She thought it was lovely. Well, the high school fo- football playoffs start today in LA. Um, doing a Thursday oh, night and tomorrow's a holiday, and 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 and. But luckily, I somehow was blessed with the game uh, where at, at at Palisades High School, which is over by Malibu, right oh. on the beach. So. It should be a beautiful 71 degrees at kickoff. Well, I know people listening elsewhere in the country probably are not uh, feeling much sympathy for no. us. But that's <laughs> just interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we are going to talk today about, the, I mean, the only thing anybody is talking about right now. Hey, but, and hey that before, is, we, uh, before we dive into that, Jim, before we dive into that, I don't know if you Wait, realize I was going to say, no, I was, I was gonna finish my thought that uh, the only thing anyone's talking about right now is Sid's fantasy football team, and it's crushing defeat Monday night. Oh, please stop it. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a jerk. Score 141 <laughs> points and lose, I, you know, whatever. Yeah, the second um, yeah, highest score the whole week. And, uh, anyway, so uh, that, that, that was my joke. The second highest score you, you stepped all over it. Position. I'm sorry, I ruined everything. <laughs> well, if somebody tweeted somebody tweeted to us that today is Outsports' 17th birthday, and huh. I, I just forgot. Yeah, it was it was today that we first published, so November 10th, 1999. So happy 17th birthday! We are we are we are looking at colleges now. I know that you're pushing for us to go to Penn State. I I want us headed to Stanford. So, um, yeah. Well, happy birthday. Well, I, I tell people that Outsports has been a force in the LGBT sport, uh, sports movement for now for two millennium. That's right. <laughs> now in our third decade, second century, second millennia. So uh, we've been around a while. Well, it's crazy that some of the athletes that we write about now, they were born after Outsports was started, which is kind of cool. Uh, yeah, that, that yeah we have <laughs> we have a couple of it, it, or sixteen or maybe literally just turned seventeen so uh, that is kind of scary but yeah we started uh, November tenth nineteen ninety nine with I even forget the platform we use it was some free web building page probably via Yahoo and it was a one page thing on what happened in the NFL that Sunday which <laughs> is what sort of got us uh, I still remember our very first headline that was called Blood in the East. <laughs> Blood in I guess the something, East. Something had happened in the AFC East, and we it was like a like what a dopey uh, <laughs> headline. I remember what we wrote about. I just remember the headline: "Blood in the East." I guess must all the AFC East teams lost or something. But it was just sort of you can use the thing, the Wayback Machine, and find. I don't know if you can find the first version of Outsports, but you can find you can find versions that go both, almost to the beginning. To show yep. you how far we've come. So, uh, yeah, happy 17th birthday! Wow, time does fly. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, 
And we're going to have a uh, uh, Imwani going to be on, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Imwani Henderson, Henderson is a, from is a big uh, at... University of Louisville. We want to get a perspective on uh, what we're going to be talking about the whole show, and that is sort of the election and uh, its effects, what we think is going to have on the LGBT sports movement. And uh, we were at this conference yesterday at USC, but on uh, a wonderful uh, conference by uh, – two of our good friends, and it was interesting how the election was the thing that everybody wanted to talk about, even in the framework of LGBT sports. I think people felt a need the day after to kind of process it. Um, and I think we you know, we wrote a, a, basically an opinion piece today about that, about you know what we see, and we'll get into that, but I do think that you know we don't talk politics on outsports in general. This was so stunning in terms of people's reactions within our community, especially people in our community who are people of color, that they, you know, a lot of people are freaked out now, and I think we need to acknowledge that, whether or not hopefully the freaking out will be an overreaction, but I think people just feel really, really nervous right now, and I hope that, I hope a lot of that is simply something that is, you know, post-mortem of a shocking election and not a sign of things to come. Uh, You know, a couple things come to mind. One, the Trump administration, and we, I think we could talk a little bit about this. I think we could venture sure. into, into government and politics a little bit today. And because it is, you know, looking at the, the reactions to so many people and LGBT people in sports, I think it affects everybody. And talking to Pat Griffin yesterday, who just was really so dismayed. Um, one, this is not going to be as LGBT inclusive or supportive as the Obama administration. That's or as as inclusive as the Clinton administration would have been. I I I I, I we don't know where on the spectrum that that Trump is and, and his administration are going to fall, but we can we can say with with a hundred percent surety that uh, our community will not be as included as it has been, uh, and the policies won't be as uh, pro LGBT as the Obama administration has been. So I think that has people concerned, uh, and and. You know, also the the fact that that Mike Pence is is the vice president of the United States, and he uh, signed the law in Indiana that that targeted LGBT people. He is uh, very pro Christian, pro religion. He seems to have very little regard for what LGBT community needs. And you know, while Trump is, I, I think, inarguably the most LGBT positive. Republican who's ever been in the White House that isn't saying too much, but Mike Pence is is, is certainly not LGBT inclusive. So I think there, there's a lot of reason for people to for LGBT people in and out of sports to be concerned, wary. Yeah, I mean Mike Pence wanted to use HIV/AIDS money to fund conversion therapy, for example. Um, and what worries me about that, and I'll, I'll speak about Trump for a second, because, I mean, I'll be, I'll be up front. I despise the man, and I'm shocked that he was elected and whatever. I don't get into all that. But I don't think on a personal basis he cares in a negative way about LGBT, LGBT people. He grew up, born and raised in New York. You, you can't be really anti-LGBT in New York City and get anywhere. So my guess is he, you know, what it, he just doesn't care. And I think the dozen caring is what scares me about it because I'm hearing reports from people who, you know, the Trump camp kind of leaks. They all talk a lot. And 
Trump doesn't want to do the actual nuts and bolts running of the office of presidency, the way Hillary would have dove into policy. And so he may delegate a lot of this. And if he delegates a lot of this stuff to Mike Pence, that's what worries me, that Pence may actually try to push stuff that could be a real danger to us in terms of, for example, getting judges on the Supreme Court who have extreme anti-LGBT views, who then can rule on stuff like transgender bathroom access, um, equal rights for LGBT people, and even maybe changing in some way same-sex marriage. I mean, my fear is not that same-sex marriage will be outlawed, but that it might be deemed a state's rights issue left up to each individual state to decide if it wants to have LGBT same-sex marriages and whether it wants wants those in other states to be honored. So you could have a patchwork across the country where states like California, New York, et cetera, be fine, but other states, it may not happen because it could be enshrined in their constitutions. And I think people are naive if they think that rights can never be taken away. Well, they can be taken away or at least stripped away. So that's my fear when it comes to gay marriage. And again, another thing people have to remember, at least for now, the Supreme Court initially won't change much. Scalia is going to be replaced by a very conservative justice. We know that. The key is whether the, say, five votes for same-sex marriage, Kennedy, Scalia, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan – will all be there four years from now or maybe eight years from now. I mean, uh, Ginsburg is 83 years old, and she apparently was confident Obama would win. So if she was going to retire, she probably should have done it two years ago. And so anyway, I'm just saying that's my fear is that Trump may not be personally – this may not be his issue, but that he may be so – not paying attention to the deal. Oh, Mike, do whatever you want to. Yeah, I'll sign. I do whatever. And so all we can hope is that if some of this stuff comes up, that there's enough loud voices uh, that might uh, change his mind. But I am not at all sanguine or not not worried about what possibly could happen. I'm worried more about other stuff other than LGBT rights directly. But that's another uh, another show for an, uh, another topic for another show. Uh, but we want to get on the line. Uh, Imwani, are you there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> this is uh, Jim uh, Bazinski, and you're with Sid Ziegler from Outsport. Uh, you've talked to Sid before. Uh, yes. Imwani Henderson from um, University of Louisville, right? Yes, sir. Go it's Cardinals. Imani, right? Uh, Imani. Imani, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, Imani. I'm sorry. Yes. It's the way Sid pronounced he said, well, I, I won't get into his uh, – I have two left feet when it comes to pronouncing Look at things. Look how so I said I, it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not Either good way, with phonetics. I'm terrible with phonetics. So anyway, I apologize for that. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but you uh, you have a great football team this year. Uh, we know Bobby Petrino Jr. Uh, well, the coach's son, and uh, a couple of breaks here and there. They may have a shot to uh, make the college playoff this year. Yeah, they have a shot. So, they just got to keep taking care of business, you know. <laughs> so Imani, uh, you know, you know, I was been watching you on, on Facebook, and 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 I know that you've had a lot of thoughts that and we want, want to talk to you just kind of about your reaction as uh, a, mm-hmm. a, a black woman, as a lesbian, as somebody living in Kentucky, and somebody mm-hmm. who just got engaged and wants to get married. Like, what are your what are your general thoughts now? You know, 36 hours later, uh, I know you've been distraught. Are you are you finding a light at the end of the tunnel? How do you feel? 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I've had I've had mixed emotions about anything. Sometimes I just don't even know how to feel about the whole thing. But, you know, I am a Christian, and at the end of the day, I just say it's in God's hands. So, I mean, there's nothing really much that I could do about it. I went out and, I went out and voted, and, you know, it didn't go the way that I planned. But, I mean, I'm trying to just stay positive about it, worry about my worry about my family, my fiancé, and everything. So, I mean, that's all I can do right now because being upset about it is not going to make it much better. Well, tell us a little bit about your your coming out and the acceptance you've received, uh, especially after, you know, you got engaged in, in Louisville, in a state that is a red state that went for Donald Trump and, you know, mm-hmm. um, is, is not is considered a, a less liberal state than others. So, but talk about your own positive experiences there. Well, I mean, nothing is really like I've not I've haven't had any negative feedback right now. So far, I've had nothing but support with my engagement and everything. And uh, the area that I live in, fortunately, is was mainly Democrat. Everybody in Louisville and Lexington. I think we were the only two count, uh, cities in the state of Louisville who were Democratic. But I guess it's because we're mainly college towns. But yeah, I've had nothing but support and. I mean, it's just, it's just great. I haven't had encountered any negative feedback yet. And I don't. I just, I'm just kind of just distraught because you know, I did plan on getting married in the next couple of years, and who's to say he might not even mess? I don't know. He might not even mess with it, but hopefully he doesn't. We can still get married. But if if he does, then I mean, it is what it is. We've only been able to get married for about what is it, two years now. Yeah. And so, I mean, we'll be just taking two steps back. So, that's kind of my two cents on everything. Have you two talked about this and talked about maybe getting married earlier than you thought? I mean, you're probably right. I mean, you, you can't, president can't just overturn a Supreme Court decision. It takes a while. Uh, and, and so nothing's going to happen in the first six to 12 months. But over the course of a couple of few years, um, it it could change, like Jim said, and in mm-hmm. a place like Kentucky, suddenly the state legislature may be choosing same-sex marriage rights. Mm-hmm. Right, and I, we haven't talked much about it. I think she's my she, my fiance is very worried. I'm gonna just put it out there; she's very worried, and I try to I'm I try to get her to realize, like you know, it is what it is, and she's religious too, but she just has that worrying. She has that worrying devil on her, so. I tell just not to worry. Everything's gonna be okay. But um, we have spoke about getting married a little sooner, like just going to the courthouse, not necessarily just a wedding. But um, we don't we don't really even know like if we do get married, could it be overturned? Or you know, when, if he does change anything, and if we do get married, could it not be considered in court anymore? Like later down the road. So we just we just got to do a lot more education, a lot more educating ourselves to figure out, you know. Just what's the best thing to do? Well, and again, I think, you know, I, I was talking more long-term. I mean, nothing is going to happen until one of the five votes for same-sex marriage either dies or retires from the court. So they may mm-hmm. never happen. We, we could have a new president in 2020 with the same Supreme Court we're going to have. So, so I, I guess my point is I don't think you have to run out tomorrow <laughs> to the courthouse and get right. married. Uh, just sort of, you know, you're talking about, I think we're talking about what, what potentially could happen long-term, and literally maybe nothing will happen long-term because it might be an issue they, that the people see as a losing issue for the opponent. So it may not be worth the fight. Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, I don't think people should get too alarmist about it. I think I was talking to Sid about what potentially could happen, uh, but not mm-hmm. not necessarily that it will happen. But I think more mm-hmm. of the immediate stuff is what is your um, that you're a person of color and you're also a sexual minority and. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the election, where do you feel a, in essence, a double whammy? Like you know that, that uh, we know the, the you know the, how do you feel about that? I feel like it's a triple whammy. First off, I am black. Oh, you're, Second you're off, a woman. I am gay. Yeah. Third off, I am a woman too. Like, yep. <laughs> and it's just you know sometimes, I it's just it's just so much you know I. I've tried. I've been so negative about it, and I've I've apologized about that because it did. It really hurt. Like, like dang. Like he really just just to know how he feels about us. Like without even knowing us. Like, and it's just it's just crazy. But I try I try to go through every day not being scared, and you know just staying strong about it. Because at the end of the day, I'm not a pushover. And whatever Donald Trump does, he's going to do. However, people are going to act. That's just how they're going to act. But. I'm only in control about how I retaliate to what other people do. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I can't control how Donald Trump feels, anybody else feels, but whatever laws he's going to imply, I just know I'm a strong black woman who's gay, and I'm going to always be a strong black woman who's gay, and I'm going to state my opinion on stuff. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to hold tight to what I believe in. Do you know any Trump supporters in 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 and around you, and have you have you talked to some of them about LGBT issues and 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 how they feel about it? I know when as I talked to my dad, voted for Trump, and 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 you know he he's expressed to me that he does, he you know he supports LGBT rights and same sex marriage, and that this wasn't about that. And it's it's interesting to me that you know. The, the issues that I vote on and that you vote on, uh, we may agree with my dad on certain things, but he voted on completely different issues. Have you talked to any people who who supported Trump and who voted for him? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody, like, actually said I have a conversation with anybody who voted with Trump, but I do know a couple of friends, and they made posts about why they voted for Trump. And, yeah, they didn't have anything negative to say. They didn't vote for him because, you know, Everybody says he's racist. They didn't vote for him because of his ideas on same sex and stuff like that. They voted for him because they felt like he had a plan, like to towards the working people of the United States. That's most of the. That's mostly what I've seen. And I was recently on Snapchat. I don't know if y'all y'all know what Snapchat is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not that old. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, y'all know what Snapchat is. So I was on there, and um, my one of my friends, she was actually my track teammate. And um, we were really close, and, you know, we talked about everything, everyday life, just, you know, when she would be upset, I would be there to comfort her and stuff, and, but she wasn't gay or anything. So she posted uh, one of, I think it was Donald Trump's winning speech. She recorded that, and um, her next post was like, I'm done hiding. I could come out and uh, proudly say that, you know, I voted for Donald Trump. And, you know, I looked at it, I looked at it kind of weird, like, yo, you really feel this way? About you, you've heard all the stuff that he said, and I'm pretty, and I, and most people think like, oh, you voted for him, so you feel the same way. But in a way, I didn't get that with her. Like, I felt like she really voted for him because of his ideas, and you know what he said for the working force. Because I know this person like personally, and she doesn't, she's not that kind of person at all. Like, she loves everybody, but you know, we just have different opinions on certain stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it is kind of weird when you see. Somebody you really close to and love, like vote for him. But 
I don't know. I want to. I don't want to say I'm being sensitive to it because I really don't feel like I am. But I just feel like I. I don't really know how to feel about that. So I haven't really even talked to her about that. Like, why did you vote for him? Because you know, everyone has their own reasons, and that's none of my business, honestly. So um, one of the things we we were at a conference yesterday. We were talking about, and we've we've written today about the future of the gay sports movement, and our mm-hmm. our idea is that it really. The government doesn't matter. What matters is the personal stories of people coming out and being visible, um, mm-hmm. you know, to friends, teammates, coworkers. That that that's what changes minds much more than any government policy. Um, and mm-hmm. I guess I feel a, a. Do you agree with that? And B. Would, would that reflect what you saw in your life? Uh, I say at the end of the day, what. Our sports is doing, they need to continue doing it because, yes, it is more internally just the comfort of seeing their peers, not necessarily the government. Because, if like, if I'm gay and I come out about it and my friend sees that, you know, I'm comfortable, they're going to be like, okay, maybe, you know, I could go ahead and be comfortable no matter what the government says. They, they can't make it illegal for us to express how we feel and who we are. So I feel like as long as we keep doing what we are doing now and making sure people are more comfortable with being themselves, and coming out and stuff, then we'll be fine. One, one of the things that I've noticed um, I, in talking to my friend Anthony Nicodemo, who's a high school basketball coach, and, and, and he only came out of the closet a couple of years ago, and also um, looking at some posts from uh, Robert Dover, who's an, an, an Olympic equestrian medalist uh, who came out decades ago and has lived through the Reagan years and the Bush years and the Clinton years and the Bush years and the Obama years. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've become present with is that the, the, the fear of youth who have not lived through, um, lived openly through an era of, uh, where, where we, where you had an, a potentially anti LGBT or certainly not inclusive presidential administration. Uh, Obama mm-hmm. has been the president for the last eight years. Despite mm-hmm. him not supporting same-sex marriage the first four years, he was certainly inclusive in his messaging. Uh, in the last four years, he's been fantastic. And those of us who lived through the Bush years, George, eight years of George Bush, uh, you know, his LGBT policy was completely controlled by the religious right. His two campaigns mm-hmm. for president targeted the LGBT community specifically and vilified us. And mm-hmm. and even through all of that, we thrived. Same-sex marriage, mm-hmm. right, equality took hold. Um, Brokeback Mountain came out. The human rights campaign mm-hmm. flourished. Mm-hmm. I met my husband personally, and our movement flourished. And, and I think that a lot of the fear that youth have right now is that they have not seen that despite having somebody, an administration in the White House that is not friendly, you can continue to be happy and thrive and continue to expand your rights. Is that part mm-hmm. of what's going on in your head that you have maybe have not experienced how 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 much you can thrive in even in an environment like that? Mhm. Yeah, I think the younger generation is they're going to struggle a little bit like every generation has like they didn't get Bush but they're getting Trump. So, at the end of the day everyone's going to everyone's going to experience some hate in what they're doing, no matter if they're gay, no matter if they do drugs, no matter what it is. So, I mean, my, the, I hate that the kids have to go through that and, you know, try to feel like they might have to, you know, stay, stay, stay in the closet 
some might say stay in the closet because of who our president is. And I just, I, I just don't know. I wish a lot of them, because when I was, when Bush came out, when he was president, I was young still. That was what, maybe eight years, that was eight years ago. And I was only, yeah. I think, well, I'm 21 now. I was 20, no, I'm 22 now. This time, 22. It was 22 minus eight. <laughs> You're a young 14. teenager. Yeah, I was only 14. Yeah, yeah I was a young teenager. So, and, you know, I really didn't understand a lot about that. And I, I wasn't really thinking about coming out the closet. Didn't even know that, you know, I really liked girls at that time. So, I mean, I just I just want everybody just to be comfortable within themselves and know that even though there, there's always going to be hate no matter what you do. There's always going to be hate. Somebody's always going to have something to say, whether it's the president, where it's your mom, where it's your dad, whether whoever it is, somebody's always going to have something to say. And I just want the kids to just grow up with a, with people supporting them, no matter who it is. Just support. Support is the best thing you can have. Yeah, and I think that's why I think it's really important for people to come out and to come out mm-hmm. in areas where, you know, maybe it's much more concerted to let people know that gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people are everywhere in the country, and that's mm-hmm. not going to change, that in the past right. – we all remain, we we remain hidden, and so it was easy to think that they weren't there. But now people have to be confronted that oh, my teammate or my good friend or my son or my daughter is, you know, is LGBT, and I think it forces them to have to realize you're dealing with a real human being. You're not just dealing with some abstract issue or idea. Right, and then it's it's also to say like no one is no one is born. Every I feel like everyone is grown is born taught to be something. Everyone say no, being gay is a taught behavior. Well, being straight is also a taught behavior. You teach boys to wear blue. You teach boys to play with action figures. You teach them to do these things. They don't just come out. Oh, I want to play with this. Boys will go play with Barbie dolls. They don't care. Girls will go play with action figures. But it's the society that puts a stamp on everything. Oh no, girls can't only do this and boys can only do this. And you know, at the end of the day, if uh, you would be a lot. People would be a lot happier if they just came out, and if they just came out. Some people are scared to, but if you come out, you will feel a lot better than always hiding yourself and getting, you know, talked about. Because it don't matter what. If you try to hide it, it's still going to show that you know you're gay. Because I mean, when I was trying to hide it, I, I still eventually. Everybody questioned me like, "Man, you got you like girls?" I'm like, "Oh no," and my mama was mad at me and stuff. So it's just easy to be. The truth shall set you free, pretty much. One last thing I, I want to ask you about, Imani, is we hear all the time about how, how homophobic the black community is and how much harder mm-hmm. it is being out in the black community. But I look at the, the, the election results, and the black community overwhelmingly voted, I think more than any other demographic, even more than LGBT people, <laughs> voted for the pro-LGBT candidate. Have, have, mm-hmm. have you found a, 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 a gross amount of homophobia in the black community, uh, being a black woman compared to the general population or, or your white peers? Um, I think it's easier. Like, just my experience, I feel like it's a lot easier for black to accept if they're, maybe their daughter is gay rather than their son. And I'm not saying I know a lot of black men that are gay, but I know that are openly gay, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know a lot of black men that are openly gay, but I know a lot of black men that are in the closet. And when they do come out, their families are like just beating them up, like just doing so much with them. But I feel like when it becomes more of a racist issue, 
And like you say, the person was pro LGBT. Okay, that person could have been also not for racism. I think it becomes more of a bigger issue than just being gay or something like that, because I think the black community is more more sensitive towards you know racism than they are being homophobic. If that makes sense. It does, and in the exit poll showed the group the most pro Hillary Clinton, ninety three to five, were black women. Mhm. Yeah, because she's so, a woman. <laughs> yeah, well, and, Imani, and uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Imani, we're, thank we're, you so thank you so much for being yeah, on with us. Um, no problem. I think I'm talking over Sid, but we're both thanking you for being on with us. <laughs> no problem. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. No problem. Well, I think this is a topic, Sid, that's probably not going to be going away anytime soon um, <laughs> in terms of just, you know, what we'll to process it. But it's going to be, you know, I just saw that Ken Blackwell, the notoriously anti-gay former Secretary of State of Ohio, has been tapped to head the domestic transition team. So that's nice. <laughs> wow. I mean, the problem is Trump may not well, be like that, but I think a lot of the people, it's the, it's the right-wing Republicans that are in charge now, and that's, that scares the hell out of me. Well, we'll find out. i got to have faith. Yep. Well, faith, too. Well, good luck in your playoff game today and in fantasy football this weekend, and we'll be here next week. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. 